Greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. My name is Terrence, and I want to welcome you back to the Leadership Legacy Podcast, Kingdom Leadership, and we're going to talk about Chosen on Purpose, part number two. Hope you all have been doing well. I pray that this series of podcasts will be a blessing to you. The design of this podcast is to not only shape up your mental health, shape your mental stamina, and to transform your mind for kingdom leadership. It's also to build up your confidence so that you know who you are and whose you are. As you go forward, extending God's kingdom as a leader, there will be no doubt that you know the Lord is with you, that he chose you, and that no weapon formed against you can prosper. So today we want to start, we're going to start reading from Psalms 139. Uh, Before we do that, let's just pray real briefly. Father God, we pray for those under the sound of my voice that um, they would receive this word. We pray, Lord, that you would speak clearly, that those under the sound of my voice would hear clearly, and that your word would bring forth the harvest, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold, that your kingdom can be advanced, that we can all be what you ordained us to be in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we look at the book of Psalms, number 139, and we hear some wonderful words from the psalmist talking about God. And we want you to understand that God made you. You're not a mistake. You've been specifically designed. And here's proof in God's word. He says, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows right well. My substance was not hid from you when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes did see my substance, yet being imperfect. And in thy book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are your thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. This scripture discusses the beauty, the intricacy, the detail with which God crafted us, which which he made us. God did not make a mistake when he created you. God did not make a mistake when he formed you. You might not have been born to wealthy parents. You might have been born out of wedlock. Some were conceived through rape. Maybe some were conceived in some other treacherous situation, but you're not a mistake. You're not a lottery number. You're not a chance or luck. God planned you. When the sperm met the egg, God intended it for it to happen so that you could be here on the earth. I want you to understand that God didn't haphazardly let you come into being. God, when he created you, had a plan for your life. When he created you, he specifically designed you. He took time to consider your eye color. He took time to consider your hair color. took time to consider your height, your weight. Everything about you was specifically designed by God. It is no mistake, nor is it an accident. So I don't know who you are listening to me right now. I don't know how you were conceived. It doesn't matter. If you're on this planet, 
God intended for you to be here. He got a purpose for your life. God handcrafted you and designed you. You do realize, I hope and I pray, that there is no one on the planet like you. Even if you have identical twins, the DNA is different. The fingerprint is different. They're not exactly the same, even though they may look almost the same. God wants you to know that. Even snowflakes are not mass produced. They're all uniquely designed and original. God doesn't mass produce things. God is a creator. And so when God chose you, when he made you, when he created you, he did so thoughtfully, intentionally. He did it with much, much thought and deliberation. He created you for your purpose. So that you know, not a mistake, not an accident. You're here for a reason. And I hope that these words prompt you to seek God's face and pray and ask him, God, why did you make me? What am I called to do? What is my purpose on this planet? You may not be a perfect person, but you are designed perfectly for your purpose. That's what you need to know. You are perfect for your purpose, whatever it is God has called you to do. That's awesome. Your biological parents were merely the tools that God used to make you. God took your parents' egg and sperm and joined them together, and he created a wonderful product called you. That's God, my friends. That's God. So I want you to know you're not a mistake. You're not an accident. And even as we get through the physical makeup of you, the mental and emotional makeup of you, God made you how he wanted you to be. You also, when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart and the Holy Spirit fills you, you have unique spiritual gifts and callings. And so we need to know these things because none of us are called to do exactly the same things. We may do some similar things, but God has specific things for each of us to do in the body of Christ. And this is important. God wanted diversity in the body. So he created individuals with different gifts and different talents and different talents. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12 and number 7. We're going to read a few verses of scripture here. 1 Corinthians 12 and 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man the prophet will. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But all these work that one and self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Wow, whole lot there. Let's read a couple more verses because we need to see that God is still 
distributing these gifts. Those are just part of the gifts he's given. There's more. Verse 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God had set some in the church. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But cover earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. We know the answer to these questions there. Rhetorical questions. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. God has called us to do different things in the body. You don't want us all doing the same thing. But you have to accept that which God has called you to do and be a good manager of it. And be a good manager of the gift God gave you. And not be jealous of other ones, another one's gift. God has given you the grace for the gift that he's given you. God has given another person the grace for the gift that he's given them. And the problem in the body of Christ, sometimes we want to do what other people are doing, but don't have the grace to do it. Then when we try to do it, we mess things up. God doesn't want us to be jealous of anybody else's gift. He wants us to be fulfilled and content in using the gift that he gave us. I'm going to read a couple more things and um, we'll talk about this. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. That's Ephesians, the fourth chapter, 11 verse. We're not all called to do the same thing. It says he gave some and some and some and some. Everybody, I say it again, is not called to do the same thing. So please, please, please don't be jealous of another person whose gift looks powerful, whose gift looks awesome, whose gift may look like it's um, um, more coveted, whose gifts may look more visible. Understand, with every gift, there's a grace that must be released. With every gift, there's also a test. There's also tribulations. There's also trials that go with those gifts. People trying to be apostles who aren't called to be apostles even get destroyed by the trials that have to, apostles have to go through. Apostles go through a whole lot. And not just them, prophets, pastors, teachers go through a whole lot. This is why we don't cover another person's gift. You see the glory, but you do not know the story. You have to understand a person who's graced to do more, has much more to deal with. To whom much is given, much is required. You want to be called to be a leader, you must be servant of all. He that's last shall be first, and he that's first shall be last. This is why we don't want to be jealous or covetous <clears throat> of other people's gifts, because you have to be able to walk in the grace for that gift. And some people are trying to do things they're not called to do. They can destroy you. It can wipe you out and it hurts the body of Christ. So I hope this is uh, its a little tough, but I hope it's encouraging in a way because take some pressure off you for trying to be a super Christian 
just do what God called you to do. And I'll give you some resources because we may not know what our calling is, but there's a way to get some understanding about what our callings are. And so I give you these references. There's a there's a book called Concerning Spiritual Gifts. Uh, this book is by Kenneth E. Hagen, Hagen, H-A-G-I-N. He's an older gentleman. Um, I don't even know if he may not be living now. That book was written a long time ago, but it's a good book. Concerning Spiritual Gifts, Kenneth Hagen, H-A-G-I-N. Then there's two websites I give you that you can actually go on to and take a spiritual gifts test and see what your spiritual gifts are. And so one website is called spiritualgifts.com. It's free for you to take the test there. Another website is called giftstest.com. That's free also. We want you to take the spiritual gifts test. See what your spiritual gifts are. That's very important. You need to know what they are. Some of us have been saved a long time, and we still don't know what our gifts are. Some of us still don't know what we're called to do or called to be. That's not a good thing because the body needs you, and the body suffers lack when you're not participating. It's just like a, a good sports team. Sometimes there are sports players on the team that maybe not engaged in the game. Maybe they're out of the game. Maybe they're injured. That team is not as effective as it could be without that missing member. But when that missing member gets engaged and is active on that team, the team does much better because another contribution is being made to that team. Your contribution to the body of Christ is needed. That's why we're talking about this. We are to demonstrate the love of God through our callings. This is very important because some people, they understand their gifts and callings, but they operate maybe from a control point or maybe from a point of view of manipulation and trying to domineer over others. God doesn't want us to use our gifts and callings in that way. God wants us to use our gifts and callings under the unction of the Holy Spirit and under the law of love. And I want to read something to you that I think is very powerful that will help you because many people will be really effective using their Holy Spirit, using the gifts this way. Many people are ineffective when they do not use their gifts this way. So we need to look at this. We're going to look at the book of First Corinthians, the 13th chapter. That's 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. And um, bear with me. 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, verse number one. Though I speak with the tongues of men and not of angels, but have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinking cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffers long and is kind. Charity envieth not. 
Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Charity never fails, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Wow. When we talk about charity, that word literally is in interchangeable with the word love. The agape love, the God kind of love. God's kind of love never fails. God's kind of love is not easily provoked. God's kind of love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. We need more love in the body of Christ. This is the way we operate in our spiritual gifts. This is the way we operate in our ministry. We operate through love. You have to understand love is not a selfish thing. I look at verse four. It's love suffers long and is kind. Love envies not. Vaunt is not itself. It's not puffed up. Love isn't prideful. Love isn't arrogant. Love isn't judgmental, looking down his nose at someone else. Understand love. So I pray that those of you who have your Bibles will go to 1 Corinthians 13 and read this scripture and really meditate on it. This is the foundation of our spiritual ministry. We have to love one another. Our gifts become perfected when we walk in love. When we walk in love, it's a good thing. When we don't walk in love, Paul says, you can speak with tongues. It's just a lot of noise. You can have prophecy. You ain't nothing if you don't have love. You can give all your goods to the poor and give your body to be burned. But if you don't have love, it doesn't even profit you. You did nothing. The lack of love cancels out everything you're doing. You have to operate in love. That's what this scripture is telling us. In order for us to effectively walk in our calling, we need love to be our centerpiece. That's our motivation. Why are we in the ministry? Are we in the ministry to show off? Are we in the ministry to look important? Or are we in the ministry because we love people? We want God to use us to minister to the people. That's what it's about. Nobody don't care about your title. No one cares about your office. What we care about is do you love the saints of God? Do you love the people of God? Do you love the sheep? That's what's important. We're going to go to another scripture here, and this is really important. John, the 13th chapter. Well, we're going to look at verses 34 and 35 here. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this all men shall know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one for another. These are the words of Jesus to his disciples. He's saying, hey, I'm going to take those old commandments that we got. And they're a nice foundation, but right now I'm giving you a new commandment. The commandment is love one another as I have loved you. So I got a question, my brother and my sister. Are we loving 
each other the way Jesus Christ loves us? Jesus Christ got on the cross. Jesus Christ took nails in his hands. Jesus Christ bled to death. Jesus Christ was beaten with 39 stripes. Jesus Christ had his side pierced till water and blood came out. Jesus Christ had a thorn placed on his head and crushed down onto his flesh until blood came out. He did that so that you and I could be saved from the clutches of hell and become part of the eternal kingdom with heaven with him. Do we love our brother and sister the way that Jesus loved us? We, he's not even asking us to get on the cross. He's not even asking us to take nails in his hands. He's not asking us to take nails in our feet or be beaten with 39 stripes. He's just asking us, demonstrate the kind of love sacrificially that I loved you for. Can we do that? If we do that, the Holy Spirit can release signs, wonders, and miracles. That's what this is about. So we're talking about kingdom leadership and leadership legacy and being chosen on purpose. We are chosen to love the way Christ loved us. And sometimes it's hard. It's not easy. Jesus tells us in the scriptures that I want you to love those that persecute you. I want you to pray for those that are treating you bad. I want you to do good to those that are using you in wicked in wicked intentions. That's not easy to do. But Jesus loved the sinner just as much as he loved the saints. Matter of fact, we are all were sinners. Jesus told them while they were nailing him on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus can forgive like that. We got to forgive like that. That's why we're chosen on purpose. He's saying, listen, I've chosen you. I've called you. I've saved you. I want you to turn around and give that love to somebody else. That's going to activate your spiritual gifts. That's going to activate your gift and your calling. Loving other people. That's what this is about. Make no mistake about it. God doesn't care if you demonstrate his love in the church outside the church, in your business, in your home, in your car, in the streets. God wants you to love people on purpose, no matter where you are. It's not ever a bad place to love somebody. It's not ever a bad place to give somebody a hand when they need it, or to pray for someone that you know is going through a difficult time, or to share some resources with a person that you know may be evicted because they don't have the resources, but yet God gave you the resources to be a blessing to them. That's what we're talking about. Love. So yes, we're chosen on purpose, but we're chosen so that we can be like Jesus. Jesus went around doing good, healing the sick, raising the dead, ministering to the broken and the wounded. That's why we're here. Now I'm going to say this as I close out. Some of you may or may not be part of a local church. It's good if you are part of a local church because that church provides teaching, that church provides a covering for you and can be a shield from the attacks of the enemy. If you are not in a local church, I pray that the Lord will lead you to one that you can be fed, that you can grow. Your gifts and talents are nurtured best 
when you're in a local assembly, when someone can pray over covering over you, when someone can give you biblical sound teaching as you're using the gifts God gave you. God wants to grow you up. God wants to use you, but he wants you to be protected and safe. Please forsake not the assembling of the saints together, as some have. We want you to be able to go to worship and to be used in a local body and to be covered in a local body, that you will grow the most and you will be part of a functional body of Christ in a local location. You will be the most impactful in that situation. I know there's some Lone Ranger saints out there that don't want to go cook up with a local church, but that's dangerous. The devil roars about as a walking lion, walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So he looks for people who are isolated, uncovered, and by themselves. So please, please, please hear what I'm saying. If you're not in a local church, I pray that you find one, become covered by one, and let God grow you bless you, develop you, and use you. This is my heart and my prayer today. Let's pray as we close out. Father God, I thank you for those under the sound of my voice. I pray that this podcast has been a blessing to to anybody who's listening to it, and that, Lord, you will get glory and honor out of your people's lives, that you'll use them like never before, for they know they're not here by accident or mistake, but you chose them to love your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, enjoyed having you today. We will continue our podcast soon in a couple of weeks. We will still talk about chosen on purpose. There's more for us to go through. But I pray that this has been a tremendous blessing to you and that you understand you're not here by accident. You're here on purpose. And God wants you to love his people using the gifts he gave you. God bless you.